Welcome back to Culture Shock. My name is Lindsay. If you're new here, we're covering a lot. We're talking about this missing submersible story that's really freaking me out. There's five people in a submersible in the ocean somewhere looking for Titanic wreckage and they're missing. We're talking about Disney's new woke animated movie, Elemental, that apparently flopped in the box office. And we're going to be reacting to a few TikTok videos. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, we're going to start with a story that almost makes me, like, claustrophobic to follow. Um, If you've been catching up on the news of this missing submersible, you know, submarine, if you want to call it that, but it's a submersible, that was lost 900 miles, like, east of Cape Cod. Basically, if you need a little bit of background, um, OceanGate, which is this company, which is such an ironic name, OceanGate, charters trips to explore Titanic wreckage for $250,000 per seat. And a five-person crew on one of these, you know, voyages, expeditions, went missing as it descended. And some people are concerned it might have gotten stuck in wreckage and that they're losing oxygen and that they're all, that this is not going well. Basically, for those of you that are watching, I will pop up a photo of this submersible, it looks like the size of like a minivan. It's about eight feet high is what I have here, nine feet wide, about 22 feet long, but it weighs 23,000 pounds. So like literally picture going underwater like a couple miles in a minivan, okay? And it's getting really scary because reports from Tuesday afternoon have said that the Titan, which is its nickname, has about 40 hours of breathable air left. Meaning by the time you're hearing this, which will be Thursday afternoon, its oxygen supply could like be completely depleted and there could be just be no more. This further confirms, just for me, my personal opinion here, as a lot of the things that I say on here are, we should just like pretend that like, you know what, the ocean's business is none of my business. I don't need to know what's going on under there. We're clearly not meant to find out. And it freaks me out. I'm good not knowing. What's even more wild that a lot of, like, stories and articles from, like, previous expeditions are coming up and resurfacing. Huh, pun intended, not really. Anyway, um, about this, about this, you know, these trips and this, this submersible. And what's wild is that a bunch of stories are saying that this submersible had a lot of, like, red flags. And listen to this. A reporter who previously went on one of these, you know, expeditions last year said they got lost for two hours and they couldn't find the Titanic wreckage on one of the trips down. Not to mention, you apparently, like, steer and drive this submersible with a PlayStation video game controller that, like, seven-year-olds use when they learn how to, like, fight and play skateboarding games on a PlayStation. And it's weird because I don't really know how to, like, finish this segment because there's just so many, like, unanswered questions. Five people missing... Apparently, there have been some, like, noises that have been reported in certain areas. So they're, like, you know, diving in and, like, doing a lot of, like, research and, like, examination on what these noises could be. And nothing is, like, coming up. They can't find this submersible anywhere. And there's a really nice tweet that, like, really sums it up that from uh, Jordan Chactel, if you know him on Twitter, that says, The real bad guys of the Ocean Gate story are the execs themselves 
who fooled tourists into believing deep sea exploration is safe in their submersible. This is the part that I really like. There is a very bad envy energy on this website. A hatred for people with wealth, and they are the victims in this story. Really freaky shit. Really freaky shit. Very sad. Okay, this video is nuts. It's been around for like maybe a week or so now, and I've been dying to talk about it, so I'm very excited to be doing it here. Um, I just feel like the video and the audio, you know, speak for itself. I'm going to give you little to no introduction. Just listen to this, okay? I was at the doctor this week, and um, I, first and foremost, don't want kids. So I was asking her about getting my tubes tied to make sure I never have to have kids because I have so many side effects with birth control. She was like, you're never going to find a doctor who's going to tie your tubes at 28. Which made me think, so me as a grown adult woman, a doctor won't tie my tubes in case I change my mind that I may want kids one day. However, doctors are castrating children. Children. But I'm a 28-year-old woman and a doctor won't tie my tubes in case I change my mind? Make it make sense. Louder for the people in the back. That was perfectly said. People on both sides of the aisle do realize deep down that this is a serious issue. So you can do these procedures as a kid, you know, stop your ability to um, go through puberty, like, naturally, um, like, you know, natural, like, biological, like, functions and processes. And you can not only stop your puberty, but you might also, you know, stop the ability for you to reproduce in the future as, as a child. And that is welcomed and encouraged and celebrated. Like, you will be... You will be praised for doing these as a kid because you're so brave and strong and powerful. But as soon as like a seemingly normal, like she seemed pretty normal to me, you know, like adult woman, a 20 year old, 28 year old woman wants to make a change because she doesn't want to have children. The doctor refuses to do that and says, oh, but you might change your mind. Well, like, what about all the kids who end up changing their mind later? Do you I feel like we don't always think about those people and those children, not even people. That was a wrong word for me to use. Those children. Because we are constantly celebrating them and thinking, oh, you're, you're a little depressed. You must want to be the other gender, the other sex. You, you, must be, you must have been born in the wrong body. Whereas now we have a fully you know, developed intellectually, physically, a 28-year-old woman who's saying, I don't want to have children. Please, like, you know, tie my tubes, basically. And she's being told no. But don't worry, we can castrate our children in the name of being woke and accepting and inclusive, but not for a fully grown woman. In fact, here is a video that I saw on Twitter today from a like a child detransitioner that talks exactly about this. Take a listen. Hello, as some of you might know, my name is Ash and I am a detransitioner. I recently made a little video on this topic, not really explaining much of it and got quite a bit of backlash in my comment section. So I just want to come on and share my story. And some of you guys, you're gonna hate me for this, but I need to speak the truth. And I don't care what you say in my comments, I'm not gonna turn my comments off. Growing up, I didn't really show any signs of gender dysphoria. I was perfectly happy with my body and being a girl, and of course I was uncomfortable with like puberty and stuff, but that was for other reasons. Every girl is uncomfortable with their changing body. And when I was 13, I started to struggle a lot with depression, anxiety, that sort of stuff. 
I spent a lot of time on the internet, specifically TikTok, way more than I should have rather than going out in the real world, and especially with COVID and everything else that was going on. Now at the time there were a million, million videos of all these trans people coming out. And because I was so unhappy with myself and who I was, I thought that that might be what was wrong with me. And I convinced myself that that's what was wrong with me and that's what would fix me. And I went really, really, really far to pass as a male to the point where nobody that I knew knew that I was born a female. Here's a little picture of me from that time. Had the facial hair and everything. When I first transitioned, I really didn't have any issues with my body, but as I went on, I realized that I needed to fit into this box if I wanted to be a male. And because of how my body did not fit into that box, I became increasingly more uncomfortable with it. But it wasn't gender dysphoria. It was me trying to fit myself into a box that I simply didn't fit into. In a way, I sort of brainwashed myself into thinking that I had gender dysphoria. And naturally, this brought me into a really bad place mentally, where I started struggling with drugs, self-harm, suicidal ideation, all that stuff. And I assumed this was because I wasn't male enough, but it was really because I wasn't a male at all. I got on testosterone when I was 15 years old. And the thing that I think is absolutely wild is that I went to one appointment before I was given my prescription. One. And you might be thinking, oh, well, they probably asked you a ton of questions. Nope. They barely asked me anything. I basically walked in there and was like, I'm trans. And they were like, okay. They didn't question me. They didn't sit down with me and question and talk. Like, is this really what's right for you? They were just like, okay, this is the next step in your transition. We'll give it to you. I was on testosterone for about six months and luckily it didn't affect me super bad. I can still talk in a higher range and pass as female. Of course, there's a lot of changes that are permanent that I'm gonna have to live with for the rest of my life. After about two years of living as a male, I realized I was wrong, but I didn't come out about that right away. I stayed living as male for another year before I really finally decided that I needed to do this. And it was one of the most scary things that I ever did. I've faced so much backlash. I've found it that people are so quick to accept trans people, but so quick to criticize detransitioners. Once I detransitioned, all my mental problems were gone. I'm happy. That was my issue. The fact that I'd convinced myself that I was a dude. What I found really interesting about that is toward the end when she said she felt like the problem was she wasn't like enough of a boy, but the real issue is that she wasn't like a boy at all. And then I love that she was like, and now I'm happy and I'm like, you know, being myself and I'm like the happiest that I've been. That's what I think is the point, like the the talking point that a lot of the crazy Democrats and leftists and woke liberals don't want to hear. They don't want to hear these stories of like Chloe Cole, for example, and other detransitioners who are much happier and more, you know, included and feel more more welcome and like they have a purpose because the Democrats and the leftists and the woke people on the left only want to hear the stories of people who are saying, oh, well, I'm so much happier now that I'm, you know, the other sex, or I'm so much happier now that I'm trans or that I'm non-binary or whatever. They never want to hear the stories of people who, you know, you know, they hear those stories and they're so happy. And I bet a lot of these kids are happy at first because I think this is the fix and this is what's going to what's going to cure them, you know. And then the Democrats, they go, OK, thank you. There's our talking point. There's the you know, the audio that we needed to hear, we're glad that you're happy. But then what they don't follow through with and follow up with is that, you know, months, years, sometimes in these cases, later, the kids are not happy. And in fact, they're even worse than they were before they even transitioned. But the woke people on the left don't care about that. They just want to hear that someone's happier after they became trans. And that's all. Whereas a lot of these kids, it's, it's unfortunate that's a lot of a lot of children doing this. 
are realizing I should never have done that. I was young. I couldn't make that decision for myself. I thought that I wanted to be a boy, but in fact, I just was uncomfortable with my body like many other, you know, children going through puberty are. And now they're coming out in all these stories saying, oh, I, I'm happier in my own body than I could have. Like, I never imagined being as happy in my body, but I permanently altered my body that, you know, she was saying that she has some some thing that she'll never fix fully because of all of the drugs and the, and the hormones that she took. But she's saying that she's working back to being her like most authentic self and she's the most happy. And I think that that is what people need to, we need to hear more stories about children and, you know, young adults as well who are realizing that these people are pushing a narrative and an agenda on young children, not only in schools, but now in doctor's offices and in therapy saying, yeah, you, you're depressed or you think you're trans. Congratulations. We'll affirm it. You're trans. Here's some drugs for you. Here's some hormones. What's your new name? That's what they say. And that's what they, these children are being told. When in reality, a lot of them are now realizing that that is not the best thing for them. And it, in fact, only ruined them. Hard pivot to a new topic here. Disney's new Pixar film features a non-binary character and talks about racism and xenophobia. For people who don't know about this story and this, this movie, I have not seen it, but I've seen a lot of clips from it. And the plot of the movie, it's like humanized elements so like fire water earth and air living in like the element city however this is like from an article a romance is sparked between a fire element and a water element however the elements are opposites and a relationship between the two could prove dangerous so like just that on its own like that sounds like a cute story right like you know two two people that can't be together but like are going to try to make it work right Apparently wrong, because instead of just having it be like a cute, wholesome, you know, Disney movie, instead it has um, its first non-binary character. Um, and the show, I'm sorry, and the movie focuses on topics like racism, immigration, and xenophobia. Interesting. I just, I remember the days where you used to watch Disney movies and it would be cute and romantic and sweet. You know, when you were like seven, eight, for our Disney adults out there, maybe it's like a little bit older than that. But like when Disney movies used to not be super woke, when Little Mermaid used to not be black, just to prove a point and just to say I'm woke. And now we have non-binary characters that are talking about racism and immigration and xenophobia. Um, and apparently the director of this movie, if I remember this correctly, I'll pop up a screenshot for those watching this if I'm correct. The director of the movie lost both of his parents during this time, so he, like, took out a lot of his, like, emotions and anger on this movie. And as you guys know, I love talking about this women's sports beat that's been going on lately. I love people like Riley Gaines and um, all the stories that are coming out about, you know, men competing in women's sports. I've been following that for a bit now. I think I've mentioned it almost in, like, every episode that I filmed. And I want to wrap up today's episode with this clip from none other than Riley Gaines herself. She's fantastic. And just take a listen to this. This is very, very powerful. In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas, a six foot four, 22 year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. 
we were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent, and we did not give our consent. And I'll, I'll set the scene as swimming locker room is not a place of modesty. You're undressing, you're fully exposed, and we were forced to take off our swimsuit in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. If nothing else, I truly hope how you can see this is a violation of our right to privacy and how some of us have felt uncomfortable, embarrassed, and even traumatized by this experience. It's funny because the same people who are screaming at the top of their lungs, me too, where are you guys at? Pretty quiet, pretty quiet around here. They don't, when it comes to like, you know, consent, it only applies to liberal, like the liberal women who are, who are screaming me too. It doesn't apply to the consent of women being in locker rooms with men. We were forced to take off our swimsuits in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. No one asked for our consent and we did not give our consent. That pretty much just sums it up right there. Not really sure what happened in the universe, in our world, to make it okay to say, oh, I, I feel like a girl, so you better respect me and treat me like a girl. Like, what kind of, like, sick, twisted, perverted world are we living in where that's acceptable and encouraged and celebrated? Because I don't know in what world a man can just say, I feel like a woman and is therefore deemed, you know, here you go, like, let's bow down. You are, you are a woman now. It's disgusting. It's, you know, it's depraved. And I say this every episode, but I'm so glad that there are people like Riley who are going and testifying and talking around, you know, around universities and campuses and trying to fight for women's rights in sports. This That just video is just like, it's like chilling because not only are the words that she's saying are chilling, but the people who are listening to her clearly are not phased and affected. They don't care. They are, you know, they deem themselves too high and mighty to really put themselves in young girls and women's shoes who are competing and and think what it would be like to actually be in in that position and it's very sick it is all very sick and i will never be able to understand how anybody thinks that men should be allowed to be in in spaces like a locker room with biological women i don't care what you feel I don't care how you feel. If you feel like a woman, but you were born a dude, I, I, I don't care how you feel. I will never really care how you feel if there are women who are losing opportunities, losing their safety, you know, first and, for, and foremost. It's, it's traumatizing. It's sick. It's disturbing. And this is what leftists and crazy liberals want to push on you if you're a woman listening to this. Push on your friends, your family, your younger siblings, everybody, your future daughters. This is this is what the leftists want for you. Her her voice is like shaking too, which is like the worst part. This is like a very, very strong woman who rarely shows any type of like, you know, quiver in her voice. So you know that this is really getting to her because I mean, naturally, of course it is. This is frustrating as all hell. Yeah, I don't know how we've really gone from believe women to ignore women unless they're a man identifying as a woman. That's disgusting. So yeah, if you're new here and you've never seen my videos before, make sure to subscribe to Town Hall's YouTube. Follow us, you know, on all social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. 
Um, this is where you'll see culture shock. And if you're more into listening to the podcasts, make sure that you are on Town Hall's podcast tab where you can find me and culture shock and all things culture shock on there. Um, but until then, if you have any suggestions or any topics for things you want me to dive into, any videos you want me to react to, um, if you're a, you know, a loyal Lindsay watcher, you know, I used to do those videos a while ago where I would just put a video up and you would get my genuine reaction to them. Send me some video you want me to react to, to my Twitter, which is at Lindsay Wygo. And, um, yeah, until then, um, keep men out of women's sports and I will see you next time. <laughs>